Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey, along with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. And you know what, Christy? I, I want to do a simple show today. You know, I want to keep things simple. Super I don't simple. want it to be hard. And, you know, I think life in general could be better that way. Well, I think life is a lot simpler than we make it, for sure. Oh, I think no, we complicate true. things. <laughs> we do, We actually put that in there. We do, we do <laughs> complicate things. But you know, you've you've done some research on this. You've actually looked some stuff up about living a simple life. Well, the Aspirations Institute published this list of the simple formula for living, and I found it quite fascinating, and I thought this would be a great show, of talking about, uh, in their opinion, and I agree with almost all of them, mm-hmm. of, of if we could just simplify these things in our life, we would just create a lot less drama in our life, and we would definitely, I think, be happier and function better in, in all of our relationships by just simplifying the things that we way overcomplicate. And do you think that by doing these kind of simple things that we go from ordinary to extraordinary? I oh, mean, I think we sure could because I think when you relieve a lot of those stressors in, our, in your life, mm. you can do extraordinary things. I think when we talked about in the show with Susie Callen on breathing and that when you get in a panic or when you start letting life control you versus you control life... You get in that state of kind of submission to oh, life, yeah. right? Rather mm-hmm. than aggressively going out and living your life the way that you want it in the relationships that you want, you kind of become a victim of life and circumstance when you complicate things because right. you can't, you, the mind and the body can't process everything, right? So the more you can simplify, the better your life is going to be, the happier relationships are going to be, the more you can see those things on the fringe that give color and and excitement to your life, when you focus solely on one task, one drama, one problem at a time, you know, when your life goes from fire to fire to fire, Mm -hmm. you can't see those amazing things that are right around you. You can't experience those wonderful times with those people in your life when all you're doing is putting out fires with them. I, I think you're absolutely right on that. And when we're talking about these simple little changes that you can do to make your life all the way around happier. Though they're simple, we're not saying they're easy. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Some of them are not easy. Right. And some of them take a lot of work. And But I think that they really do pay off in the end. And are we going to master maybe some of them or any of them? No. It's not about mastering them. It's about getting some kind of grip on them Mm -hmm. so you can dictate your life rather than your life dictating it to you. Right. And simplifying things in your life is the key to that, I think. And I think that this is not going to be a surprise to really anybody. There's no secret sauce to this, folks. But you can't hear enough. Exactly. Because we all struggle with a lot of these things. Oh, Just absolutely. Naturally. We all do. And then and then it's a snowball rolling downhill. <laughs> well, I bet you a lot of us struggle with the very first one. I think so. I think a lot of people do. And that is living beneath your means. Not at your means, not above your means. Exactly. Because we're in a capitalist society and a capitalist society says to live above your means. Mm-hmm. Have the credit, get the mortgage, use the credit card, all of those things. It's okay. Even the 0% interest credit cards... Now, you can use those to your advantage if you, in fact, do have debt on another card. Right. But living beneath your means is really, really important to having stability and letting your life be dictated by your choices rather than the bank's. 
And I think that this is a fair point. I think what most people don't really realize is whatever your means are, it doesn't matter if it's low, medium, or high. If you live beneath those things, like you said, you get to dictate the outcome. Right. So exactly. we're, it, I know that in our minds, we're always looking at that reel of somebody else. Oh, they just bought a brand new boat. Oh, they just bought a brand new car. Well, that may not be your thing, you know? Right. I mean, so you don't have to, I guess, air quote, keep up with the Joneses, right? For them, they may still be living below their means if they can get a new sure. boat. You know, that's not the average Joe. The average Joe is going to go out and buy a boat and is going to put it on um, some type of credit that they're going to pay the next 10 years on. Again, now you're tied to you have to go to work. You have to do these certain things to make this income to pay for this boat. That is how our society is set up. Turn on the TV. It's all about what you don't have that you want that's going to make you happier. I promise you, you're going to be happier when you run your life and you own your life rather than the bank owning you. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things I looked up, the average American owes over $6,000 in credit card debt. Now, I got to tell you, I'd have thought it had been higher. I agree. I would have thought. I thought that was going to be higher, too. But their total debt is around $15,000 per person as an American, as an adult American in the United States. I would have thought it had been higher. And if you include mortgages, that's one hundred thirty-three thousand on average. Um, that's a lot of stress. That is right? a lot of stress. I mean, even a six thousand dollars credit card. I'm not. I'm not sure what your monthly payment is on that, but it doesn't that's matter. A stress, if you don't have right? It, then exactly. Yeah. Now, again, when we say live below your means, you know, we're not talking about people who literally live paycheck to paycheck. That you know, they're food and rent. Right. You know, that that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when you get a new job and you get promoted and you get more money and then you go buy a new car. Exactly. When there was nothing wrong with your old car. Now, if there's something wrong with your old car, that's a different story. But when you now up your payment from $150 a month to $400 a month because you got a $200 a month raise, now you're behind again. You know, that's what we're talking about. Now, folks, I want to just point out real quick that... Obviously, Christy has not bought a new car in quite some time because there's... I have not had a car payment in a really long time, no. Uh, But I was like, it goes to $400. I don't think there's a $400 car payment anymore, but... Really? Yeah. I I don't believe... I think you can get a $400 car payment, but I don't think it's the norm anymore. Wow. So, no matter what they show on TV. Anyways, there you go. But yes, you're absolutely right. It's still true, no matter if it's $800 or $400. Yeah, but then you get to keep your power, right? Financial debt is a huge stressor, right? Number one reason for divorce, one of the number one stressors is when you owe people money. Mm -hmm. And now, granted, if you're just starting out, you know, obviously you have, you know, most people have to get a mortgage. I had a mortgage. You have to get a car payment. You you have to kind of get those things. Right. But what we're saying is you can still have those things and live below your means. If so then now you have a little bit more security because you have an emergency right. fund. Well, and I think people do kind of get caught up in that. You know, when we're sitting there talking about that, we're not saying never get a car payment. What we're saying right. is, is be realistic about it. Do you need all that much car? It'd be nice, sure. But, right. you know, maybe you just need this kind of car. It, we're, it, that's just leveraging things. That's, that's taking it from a point of view of this is what I need versus... Oh, this is what what I I really want. want. So sure, yeah. I mean, if you could afford a Mercedes, more power too. But if you can't, don't don't put yourself (laughs) in, you know, 10 years or 20 years worth of debt in other areas and all areas that you can't save money and you're strapping yourself 
to have this Mercedes, unless that's unless that's what you value and that's right. what you really want, and then go for it. But the average person that we're talking about is needs to live below their means. Absolutely, and because at some point I would think, speaking of finances, it catches up to you. I mean, sure, sure you can does. swipe the credit card or you can do whatever or get another whatever, and but eventually all that stuff catches up, and then now you're you're a slave to it. Right. You know, you're going to work every day. You're working overtime. You know, Susie Orman, you know, financial guru, she has a statement. She says, live below your means, but within your needs. Yes. Yeah. Know your needs. Know your wants. We're not saying don't ever get what you want. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying be realistic and reasonable about that Mm -hmm. so that you can have control of your life and the money doesn't have control of you. Exactly. And I believe it's Dave Ramsey that says, you know, if you live like no one else you'll live like no one else. So, you know, it gives you that, it'll give you that sense of security. Like if you want to leave, and he uses this example, it's Christmas time. This waitress or waiter is working real hard for you. You can leave them a $100 tip. I'm not saying you want, you're going to do that, but you have the ability to do that. Right. So, yeah, yeah. no, those are good things. You know, but capitalist society is really about being a slave to your wants not focusing on your needs. That's a good point. You know, Absolutely. and again, one of those things that we talk about all the time, being in jobs that you hate. There are so many people out there that are doing jobs that they don't like, that do not bring them value, that do not bring them kills purpose them to their life. They kill them every day. And they do that because they have the house payment, they have the car payments, they have all of these things that they have to pay. And I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of people because they live at or above their means because that's what we think we're supposed to do. That's a fair point because and, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that it every day we turn on the TV, there is something out there that says, hey, you need this. Not that you want it, but you need this. And that's is the other thing that a lot of people don't really, I don't know if they comprehend it, but you know, when you go to most places, and this is just an FYI or life hack or whatever you want to call it, car salesman, uh, phone salesman, doesn't matter. Only thing that they base anything off of is how much you can pay per month. Because when you go on a lot to ask about a car. They never talk about the price of the car. They ask about how much your monthly payments need to be. Right. Now, if that takes five years to pay off, 10 years to pay off, it's all they care about. Same thing with, I don't care if it's a gold ring or a car. That's the new way they do think. Oh, you can afford $400 a month? We can get you into that. And that's all you're thinking about. Oh, I can afford $400 a month. We're going to do it for the next 13 years of your life. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I think in Florida, they're doing 50-year mortgages I know. or something like that. I mean, seriously? Man, I don't need a house that bad for a 50-year mortgage. Nope. And, you know, but yeah. So these are just some of the things, if you can live below your means. If you can. If some you can. people can't. And right. we're, we're, we're asking that. Some people can't. Right. But if you can... That's the best place for you to be to live a happy, mm-hmm. content life. And you're ruling your own life. You're controlling yes, your sir. own money. You're controlling your relationships a little bit better when you can live below your means, if you can do that. And if you can't do that right now, work towards it. Exactly. That's what we're saying. Well, what's another thing that we can do to live a more simpler and happier life? Well, returning everything that you borrow. <laughs> that was a big one. And, you know, that kind of surprised me. I got to tell you, it surprised me When I me made too. this uh, this short list. But that really makes sense. I mean, it's biblical, number one, right? There's all kinds of uh, Proverbs talks about it. Psalms talks about it. You know, the borrower is a slave of the lender and wicked borrower does not pay back their debt. 
You know, so when it's biblical, you probably should take a look at that. That's true. But I think that we've ruined relationships on this one. Oh, Silly things, right? Oh, they borrowed this and never returned it, or they borrowed it and it was broke when they brought it back. And I'm not saying, you know, I borrow things and I let I would let anybody borrow anything I have. Mm-hmm. But this is a huge deal for a lot of people. You know, for instance, my wife doesn't like to lend anything out. It it really bothers her. Now she doesn't ask for anything either. But I think that that's a really big wall that people have. I don't know, come accustomed to, really, because they do not want to lend nor borrow anything because then it becomes messy. What if it breaks? What if it's this? What if it's that? So, yes, if you borrow something, I absolutely 100% agree, return it. Return it. And return it in the working order that it came in. And I would say return it in a better order than you Eh, borrowed it. That's pretty, yeah, I agree with you. If you borrow somebody's car, go get it washed. Make sure you take yeah. it back with a full tank of gas. A full tank of well, gas. Well, it only had a quarter of a tank when I got it. It doesn't matter. You, they let you borrow it. They trusted you. They respected you enough that you were going to take care of it. Yep. Take it back a little bit better than you borrowed it. And that's good advice for about anything. Take it back a little bit better than what you got it. Because yep. then that shows that you give that respect to that person. You know, Right, I, because they've given you respect by letting you borrow absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, you know, I have loaned my vehicle out, and I don't know how many times I got it back. And, I mean... When I say they put that gas right back where they found I don't know how they did that. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but, I mean, that gas gauge was exactly where they left it. So. Well, that's, you know, I have a second car that everybody in town, like, you know, uses when they, <laughs> when they need it. My car's going to the shop. Can I use your van? Sure. And I'll have to say, more often than not, it comes back in better condition than they took it. That's And that's so, awesome. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Because those things ruin friendships, people, and oh, it's not do. worth it. Stuff Over is not worth it. Silly stuff like yeah, that. It's not worth it. It gives you peace of mind when you know that you have returned it and you don't owe anybody anything. And I think it starts it. to chip away at kind of that wall there. When somebody's really on the fence about borrowing something or letting you borrow something and you bring it back in better working order than what you, it starts to chip away at that. It's like, yeah. well, they did a pretty good job last time. So, yes, if you are out there and you borrow stuff or you lend stuff, Follow the simple but impactful advice. The next one, uh, the next one's a hard one, I think. I think this one. Uh, Stop blaming other people. It's really easy to blame other people because sometimes it's their fault. That's right. It's always their fault. (laughs) Never my fault. fault. I didn't do it. (laughs) Um, But this is one of those things. This is kind of one of my pet peeves, right? Of you can't let other people dictate how you show up. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they did, what they said. This wasn't fair. They did this. They did that. Yes, they did. It wasn't right. You're 100% correct. They hurt me. Yes. How you respond to it is about you. It is never about them. And it's on you. It is on you. Exactly. It sure is. Because you got to own your own stuff. Because if you participated in any way in that, just simply blaming them for everything is probably not 100% accurate. You, oh no! So yeah, you've that's got it. to you get, we got to stop blaming other people for our stuff. Right, and I don't care if you're in a relationship or if this is a work thing or if you're part of the problem, you're obviously not part of the solution. Now I get yeah. it; some people are difficult, but then find ways of working around that. What happens is, is when we start this whole blaming game, and we become the victim, and now you've lost all your power. Exactly. So and, yeah, and that is really easy to do. Oh, right. yeah. I mean, it's really easy. I mean, we know people who live in that state, sure we which do. is not good. You, the listeners know somebody that lives in that right. state. I mean, we yeah. probably all lived in that state for a minute. When you blame other people, you never can live up to your own potential. That's you can't. And people aren't going to respect you. People respect people that come up and say, okay, yeah, I, I made a mistake. I, yeah. 
You know? Well, you know, this is what amazes me about when people take responsibility. Have you ever been in an incidence where you've taken responsibility or you have heard somebody take responsibility and you lose it? I mean, it, like you've been a boss many times. If your employee came up to his like, came to you and said, Christy, I made this mistake. I, this is this falls on me. I mean, did you immediately jump? Ah, blah, 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 blah. No, you no, go. It diffuses. It diffuses. It diffuses a whole and thing. a lot of times people are, it's so unfamiliar to people. They're like, they don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> That's right. They have that stunned look on yep. their face like, um, I had this whole thing worked out in my mind how I was going to respond to this. And now you just threw you that just all out a, the yeah, window. Yeah, you put a wrench right in that, didn't you? <laughs> and and yep. many times, at least this is my personal philosophy, is I do take responsibility for the things that I have done. I don't care if it's in a work situation or a relationship or whatever. When I say, you know what? You're right. That's on me. I did not notice that. I didn't realize that. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. I cannot think of one time, especially in a work situation, where it's ever turned into, oh, well, you know, and they've lost it on me. Right. You know, they're like, well, you know, mistakes happen. Oh, (laughs) that's usually how it works out. Yeah. You know, it might take me a minute to get to the realization of the self-awareness that, I screwed up. <laughs> well, that I may think take that. a minute. Uh, it may take a little bit longer than maybe it should have sometimes. But when you get to that place of you could, you know, you realize that, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I I made some assumption that wasn't necessarily right. true, or um, yeah, I showed up in a way that wasn't quite what I wanted to. Um, when you do realize that, that's when you need to come back. Nobody's saying that you're going to have some self-awareness when you're in the middle of a, you know, heated a, argument a heated with argument somebody. Or something. But, but that's, you know, you just got to, you got to keep your power, right? You can't yeah. give your power away. And when you start blaming other people, you, you give your power away. Absolutely. 100% every time. Yep. Because you put your power outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, I guess another one that when we talk about that and we kind of just touched on that is, you know, making, when you make a mistake... Just own up to it. Yeah. You know, admit when you make a mistake. Yeah, it kind of really piggybacks on the stop blaming other people. It's going to be an extremely rare occurrence that you didn't play some little part in something. Oh, sure. Sure. Right, you know. And I think that what most people do is, no, I don't, I don't personally believe this, but I don't think people are intentionally trying to hurt you. Some people are. I'm not saying that. But when mistakes happen, I don't really genuinely believe that it's intentional. I don't think most people intentionally are out to hurt people. No. I think some people hurt people more than others, and I think some people just naturally, somehow or another, get themselves in those messes all the time. Right. But I I do not believe, and that's just my worldview. Right. I I really don't think, unless you have some kind of psychological narcissistic disorder thing going on, I really don't believe that people are out to hurt people. No. It's it's just a, a byproduct of living, I think, Right. sometimes. And I think that that's what happens with most people is when they do, let's say, borrow something, a mistake mm-hmm. happens, it gets broke, yeah. and then somebody admits to it. It's like, well, yeah, but if they would have done this, this, and this, well, sure, well, <laughs> we you can, can all if all day long. Yeah. Right? I mean, how many people you know can call plays out from the cheap seats when they're watching a sports sporting event? There I mean, it, it's example. like it's easy. Yeah, <laughs> good example. <laughs> but yes, I think it diffuses the situation. I think uh, once you own it then you've taken that power away from that person screaming and yelling at you. Exactly. And I think one misconception on this one, too, is that people think it's a weakness, right? If I admit that I did something wrong or I admit that I didn't show up in a way that I probably wanted to, they think that that's a weakness. And that's really not. That really is a strength. To own your own stuff is a whole lot harder than blaming other people is a whole lot easier 
than than taking responsibility for yourself, right. hands down. Right. So it is a strength, not a weakness, to be able to have, be a person of character. Because this really is about character mm-hmm. of the orange and the orange juice, right? When you get squeezed, what's coming out? If you can own your stuff and stop blaming other people and, and claim your spot, regardless of whether they're claiming their part or not, it doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. if you can't control them, you can only control you. It really is a strength and something worth modeling because people are going to pay attention. Your kids are going to pay attention right. to how you show up. Your spouse is going to pay attention to how you show up. Your coworkers are going to pay attention mm-hmm. to the fact that, oh, my God, if you go tell them that, they're going to fire you. Well, but this is the right thing to do. Right. I made the mistake. I'm the one that did whatever, and I'm going to own it. And then when you don't get fired or they don't yell back at you or somebody says, wow, that thank you, because I was feeling really bad about this too, and whatever, whatever. That is powerful for the people that are paying attention and and modeling the way in having character. Well, and it amazes me to the fact of that when you do make the mistake and you admit it, how fast you can come up with a solution. Oh, exactly. I mean, think about it, because you're not spending two days trying to work this lie out and all this other stuff or whatever it is in your mind that you believe it. Once you've admitted it, Bam, we can move on with the problem, you know, or fix the problem. Solutions start to formulate. Your brain goes, okay, well, now that we made this mistake, let's move on to this. Yeah, you can't learn from it if you don't don't own it. Exactly. You can't learn from it. And isn't that the point, right? We all make mistakes. We all show up poorly. We all do things that we wish that we hadn't done or say things that, boy, I wish I would have stopped Mm -hmm. one sentence sooner in that situation. No one is exempt from this. Right. And we're not necessarily talking about the person that always is giving your mistake real to back to you. We're talking right, about, no. you know, but we're talking about when you genuinely make a mistake and you you know deep down you did. Once you admit it, you can move on. I and mean, it, it goes with all the others. Right. And again, it diffuses it. It diffuses the situation generally, not mm-hmm. always, but generally. Yep. When you own it, then there's nothing to push back on. Excellent. Uh, absolutely. Yep. Well, the next one kind of surprised me. I got to tell you, I didn't... I don't like the next one. You don't like the next one? Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think I like like the next one, but it was just... It was surprising to me that it made a list here. So, giving clothes not worn to charity. Well, I think it's... I think... I'm not sure why it just limits to clothes, because I think this is more about get rid of the clutter in your life in general. Oh, really? Okay. That's what I'm... I mean, I would say, you know, go through your stuff that you don't use and give it away. Mm -hmm. One, it's going to help other people. But two, it gets rid of that clutter in your own life. Absolutely. Um, Decluttering yeah. your life. Anybody that knows me knows, uh, you know, I could go a year and, and never wear the same thing twice, I think. But I think you're absolutely right. If it's about decluttering your life, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah, I, I now my wife what's... hates that because it's like, your solution is just take your trash bag to everything. Yes, it is. <laughs> I admit that. Hers is books. Mine is clothes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there but you go. nothing's wrong with decluttering your life. And just giving, period. Just being a giving That's person, a having a giving spirit. We talked about that in the Be Kind show. It's good for your health. Mm-hmm. It's good physiologically for you to be a giving person. And Absolutely. when you don't need it and somebody else does need it, you should give it. So. And it, because you want to give it. Like we've talked right, about exactly. before, this is it, yeah. giving should never be an obligation. Now, and, I love the next one. Yes. So doing something nice and trying not to get caught. Now, I disagree because if I'm going to do something nice, I need somebody to recognize That's right. You that. want it on Facebook. <laughs> I want it on Share Facebook. Share it with everybody on Facebook. <laughs> I want my good side. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just giving for the sake of giving. Not that you expect anything in return or some kind of reciprocity for it, but just being uh, having a giving spirit. 
And that doesn't, again, you know, we talked about clothes or, or whatever, but giving just of yourself, we talk all the time that smile to the stranger on the street is right. free. Being that being person. Being a kind person, yes. Just being and a kind person. And trying not to get caught. Was, wasn't it Oprah that did the whole pay for the person behind you at Starbucks? Uh, probably, but Something I know like that's that, still a thing. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, the whole trying not to get caught. I mean, I think it's kind of funny. I mean, I, I, I can't say that I try not to get caught. The point is just to just be. That if it is a state of your being to be nice, a state of your being to be giving and kind, when you can get to that point that that's just... How you show up. Now, it's not how you show up all the time. Right. You know, I mean, I, I flip out over the ketchup at McDonald's too sometimes. Right. But it's about an effort and it's about practice. Perfection is in the practice. Do you practice being a nice person? Do you practice mm-hmm. being a kind person? Do you practice being a giving person even when it's not easy? Well, it's a skill that you have to develop. It is. And I think some people think, well, she's just nice or she's just not nice or he's just this or he's just that. That's just their personality. I think some personalities do have a little bit easier time than this and others because there are people who are more people pleasers than others. But that doesn't mean that that's coming from a place of authenticity, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about being transparent and authentic and just being kind to people. Right. Just showing up on the planet as that nobody is better than you. Nobody has more of anything, you know, than you do. Mm-hmm. And they're not taking anything because they have something you don't. Right. And you can be nice and kind just just because. Well, a nice and kind does not mean that somebody's going to walk all over. Oh, nice exactly. And, because exactly. I think, what, well, when I'm nice and people ask things of me. Well, being nice doesn't mean that you need to be walked on. Right. You know, I mean, but when we're saying being nice... We're not saying enabling somebody's bad behavior. Exactly. Again, yeah, we're not saying about being taken advantage of. We're just saying be be nice. nice. You know? What was it uh, in the Roadhouse movie with uh, Patrick Swayze? Swayze. That was one of my favorite scenes. He said, you know, you be nice, you be nice. (laughs) You be be nice until it's time to not be nice, and then you do it nicely, or some version of that. And that's the truth. You know, you can still exit a situation that's getting heated or you're being mistreated or taken advantage mm-hmm. of, you can exit that situation nicely. Exactly. The, you don't have to get in some knockdown drag out because then it comes then we go back to the top of the list, right? It's the blame game. <laughs> then you're not taking responsibility for your part. And now we've got this whole dysfunction. Now you're right. getting angry. Now now it, it's just a snowball rolling downhill when if you could just exit mm-hmm. a little bit sooner before you get caught up in their drama, not my circus, not my monkey, right? right? One and sentence sooner. One <laughs> sentence sooner, exit a little bit right. sooner, and then you can do those things under far more control. Breathe yourself through it. You can't let other people dictate how you show up in the world. Well, and I think that what most people really need to take away from that, there's levels of nice too. You know, oh, sure. yeah, you sure, can't sure. it just because you didn't scream at somebody. That's part of being nice. So you, yeah. just know that there's levels of that. But yes, do be nice and don't do it to be caught being nice. And you know, <laughs> another thing that I think most people don't do, and this has hit the list, is listen more and talk less. Yes. Oftentimes we do this all the time. We, you know, we we have the story. Most of the time when we're listening to somebody, we're already developing a response. Right. We're not even talking. yeah, we're not hearing them because we're so focused on what we're gonna say in response. Yep. And I'm as guilty as that as anybody else. And there's not one person that I've ever met, including myself, that doesn't need to work on that. Yeah. It, it is when you're actually listening to somebody 
versus hearing them, and there's a difference, Mm -hmm. that you're not developing a response on what they said. Or my favorite, because I'm a very big conversationalist. I I like learning about conversations and things of that nature. When you actually listen to somebody and they're talking about something, you have developed some kind of response or story to something that they talked about 10 minutes ago. Right. But you've got to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I think that's one of my favorite things that you, that you say, and you live this, and that's when the moment comes that I need to say this. When I have <laughs> to say this is the one moment that you need to not say, say it. Say nothing. Yep. I'm not saying keep, it's easy, but it's... I keep it. that in the back of my head. When people are coming at me or pushing my buttons... That when I need to start start on it, um, that's the perfect moment that I need to not say anything. Right. And, and even when we're saying this, listen more, talk less, we're not saying being walked all over. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like if somebody is screaming, yelling, and you, and you don't want to engage in this, walk away. Because then you, they've, you've taken all that power away. You know, screaming and yelling usually gets nothing done. But, but if we're talking about a conversation, hey, just... just Open it up and listen a little bit more. Talk a little bit less. You know, and in the communication process, one of the things is uh, the big things that interferes with our communication between people is that we don't understand the barriers to communication between people. That can Mm -hmm. be cultural, can be language, can be noise of any type, literal or figuratively. Understanding the person that you're communicating with and where they're coming from, their worldview, their circumstance, their culture... Uh, if, if it's at work, is their job dependent upon this? Those things, understanding where that person is coming from and all of that back laid stuff to mm-hmm. what the words are coming out, but the feelings and the emotions and the reasons behind those words. Sure. If you can try to understand those things just a little bit more and have a little bit more compassion and empathy for that person of where they're coming from, I think that you're going to listen more and not take it so personal because it's really not about you. Again, at work, if this person's job depends on you doing something that you have not done and they're coming at you awful hot and heavy, well, if your job, especially if your job makes no difference to your job, you need to try to understand that a little bit more of, well, they just came at me and they that's, think I'm going to do this for them and they're just coming at me like that. That's a hard one for me. I admit right. it. <laughs> well, but if their job depends on it or their promotion depends on it or they're, or they're getting their something done depends on it, if you could understand that, does it mean that they should, still shouldn't have been yelling at you? Probably not. But can you understand it a little bit more if you take that one step of trying to, where is this coming from? Right. You know, and especially, you know, with your personal relationships, right? When they're coming at you, if you can try to understand what, what they're not getting in that or what they're trying to get from you from that. Because, again, it's never about the cap on the toothpaste. Right. It's never about the ketchup dispenser is empty. It's always about something else. If you can try to figure out what that something else is... I think that you could then participate in that conversation a little bit more effectively and not be responsive and not take it so personal because we stop listening and we start wanting to respond when we're taking it personal. Oh, yeah. And we feel a personal <laughs> attack of, no, I'm going to tell you're going to tell me, no, no, I'm going to tell you. Right. And, we, and nothing happens no. after that. That's right. But understanding where they're coming from, or at least attempting to understand where they're coming from, can really help a lot in that process. Absolutely. Well, and I think that can definitely take effect if we really move on to the next one, is once you're in that heated, take a 30-minute walk. <laughs> well, we <laughs> talked about not, that in the Be Kind show, right? Yes. The 30-minute walk uh, research indicates that going outside, especially for a half hour every day, uh, you're healthier and happier. 
Yeah, I mean, get up and move. Just I mean, look out the window. Yeah. That was research, too. Just looking out the window at trees in nature actually reduce your stress levels or work. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I don't walk as much uh, as I do when we go camping. Because, man, there's yep. just something about being in those trails just makes you move. So, yeah, get up, take a 30-minute walk each day, take the dog out for a walk. He or she will love you for it. There's nothing on the bad side of this. There's no right. downside from you taking a walk every day there you go. for 30 minutes. Well, the next one I think we can all kind of just wrap our head around because we all do this is we want to strive for excellence, not for perfection. But most of the time, I think we want to strive for perfection and not just excellence. I think you and I for sure. Yes, <laughs> we do. We, we strive for perfection too much. And then we're disappointed when we don't, when we get don't it. meet it. Even yeah. though we turn around and say, well, there is no, no such thing as perfect. But gosh, I'm disappointed that I wasn't <laughs> perfect today. That's a that's a recipe for setting yourself up for disappointment every time. Every time. But yes, you should strive for excellence because you know what? When you strive for excellence, excellent things come out of it. That's right. Perfection is in the practice. Yes. And we've talked about this on many shows as most people never even attempt it because they assume they're going to fail at it anyways. Right. But I think if you can take the mindset of just doing your best, being excellent at whatever that is, you're not going to come up with nothing. Right. And stop comparing your excellence with somebody else's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's really bad on a lot of people because then you're going to go, well, you know, they know all of this. Well, yeah, but it took them time to learn all of this. Right. So, well, and maybe you just can't, you know. I mean, some people can go out and run a seven-minute mile. Some people, no matter how much they run, will never do that. So right. if you're comparing your excellence to somebody else's, that's not fair to you because that your best is your best. And yes, but just as long as you're striving for it, there's nothing, you can't go further than that. And I think most people, that's what they want. Well, he can do it. She can do it. Why can't I? Well, you may be able to do it in a different way. So that's all we're saying is strive for that excellence. It doesn't matter what what it is. If you strive for it, you will come up with something. Exactly. Doesn't matter what it is. And I really like the next one. Okay, so we have we've done shows on this and we have talked about this <laughs> That's and a big pet peeve for you. This is a huge pet <laughs> peeve for me and I am so happy it's made it on the list. <laughs> and that is being on time and do not make excuses. It is paramount okay. that if you it, that when you set up a meeting, I don't care what it is, that you show up. Now, granted I've missed a few, but I've taken responsibility for those. But that's what I'm saying is it it is respectful of other people's time. Absolutely. Well, we all have the same 86,400 seconds in a day. (laughs) You know, um, you can't carry them over to tomorrow. No. You've got to be respectful of other people because when you put yourself late, then somebody else is late and then somebody else is put behind. And now, granted, this is a Western-style thinking or Eastern culture doesn't necessarily embrace the time like we do, but right. Well, and I just think it's a matter of respect. I, you know, I really do think that if you said, "Hey, you know, I'm going to be here at 11 o'clock," do your best to be there at 11 or as close to as it can, because right. I think that that gives people that I don't know that something that you respect right. their time, their effort it that is, you put it into is, it. It is a matter of respect, and it, you know, some people think, "Well, it doesn't matter if I'm five minutes late." Well, you know what? If you think a millisecond doesn't matter, ask a silver medalist. because it matters you know second place can sometimes be determined by just fraction of a second so being late it does matter it does matter and i'm glad it made on the list but i guarantee you that if you do practice on being on time you will see things change 
exponentially in your life. That goes right back to or strive for excellence, and that's mm-hmm. part of it. I like this it, this one too because it makes a lot of sense when we talk about it. Is don't argue and get organized. Yeah, because a lot of arguments come out because you're not, you're not organized. organized. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> especially at home, right? I mean. Again, when we talk about being on time, a lot of people are late because they're not organized. Right. You know, you don't have all your stuff together and you're ready to go. Uh, Nope, not ready to go. And now you're 15 minutes late because you didn't have your stuff together. (laughs) Not that I have personal experience in that. Well, I mean, again, it it happens to everybody from time to time. But, you know, some people live in this state. Some people are just, oh, you go and nothing that they do is organized. And there are steps. I mean, you can go on any uh, on the web and find steps to being more, more organized, organized, you know. Yeah. I, one of the things that you do is you color code, don't you? you I know? do. I yeah. color code things. And uh, I mean, for me, for my wife, is putting those little tabs on things. Mm-hmm. But whatever works for you, calendars, doesn't matter. Right. You know, s- strive for that. Strive to be organized because you will eliminate being late sometimes. You will eliminate arguments sometimes just because you're organized. You're going to be more successful. Uh, hands down, you'll be more successful. And your organization does not have to make sense to anybody else. It just has to make sense to you. You know, you look at somebody's desk and it can just be a cluttered mess of what you, but if it's organized to them, that's what matters. Right. Does it make sense to you however you've organized your stuff? And see, one of the things for me is I'm not a paper person. If I can't right, scan not, it, put it on true. a computer or anything like that, you can go to my desk right now. You're not going to find a scrap of paper anywhere. Yeah, and I print everything. <laughs> I want it on paper. But yeah, because it, it, reduces, it reduces stress for oh. sure. The more organization you have um, really can give you a peace of mind to really stay moving forward. Right, right? And you, any you kind can of thing. cross things off on lists and Any kind know, of projects or anything yeah. like that, personal or even professional. It, it, if you... You're 100% right. Start with a list. Cross it off your list. And probably the most important is to organize your time, right? Yeah. If you can organize your time, then you can plan time with those people that you care about in your life. You can have more time for them because they're the ones that generally get cut out first. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we do that. So organizing your time and prioritize in that organization for those people that you want to nurture relationships with, your family, your friends. Um, make time for them. Absolutely. Plan time for Plan time. Put them on your calendar. Plan time for them. Right. And there's plenty of skill sets that they're uh, on the web that can help you with any there of those things. Go. So I like the next one too. I'm telling you. The next that- one is hard. The next one is one of those that's really uh, a whole lot easier said than done. We can sit here and say, yes, you that should do sense, that. But you not should, in the time. You should be kind to unkind people. But yo, <laughs> man, they can push your buttons. They, they? can. Mm. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, there's been times I've even precursored that with, oh, if they say this, it is it on, on and popping, yeah. you know. <laughs> but yes, do your best to be kind to unkind people because the world has a lot of them. That's right. And because life is hard, even though life, I think, is, you know, kind of equally hard for people because everybody's got something. Even some people show it more than others. But a lot of the unkindness, if you will, that comes out of people Mm -hmm. is because they're unhappy or because they've got, they're stressed. They're in that place of panic in their life, whatever that looks like. And that's what comes out. Sometimes just being kind to them can defuse that, can bring that down, can actually give them another example of this is a different way to do this. I don't have to come at you because you're not going to come at me. Those are all very powerful things. You know, it's built into children, right? Children are naturally kind. Right. So if we could just kind of revert to that a little bit, 
I think we would all be a lot happier. Well, and like you say, it reduces the overall stress of any situation that you're in. If somebody's being unkind, again, we're not saying being kind is... It, it, there's levels to that. If yeah. they're yelling at you, walk away. That's being kind. If they're, exactly. you know, uh, just t- barking orders at you, you know, just simply say, no, I'm not going to do that. And walking away. Th- that's all about being kind. There are levels. But don't let them take you to their level. Exactly. You know, Again, th- don't let somebody else dictate how you show up in exactly. the world. Exactly. You know, when you, when you start to get in that place... You know, it increases your blood pressure oh, and all absolutely. those things. So just staying out of it, trying to be kind. We, we did a whole show about the physiological aspects of being kind. It, you know, it releases serotonin levels that actually makes you happier. It mm-hmm. decreases um, your blood pressure. It increases blood flow. It reduces stress. You live longer. And the biggest thing of all, it's contagious. Yes. Right? It's a, yeah, People right. People will follow your path. If you are yep. kind... People will see an example and they will follow suit. Being kind is contagious. Right. And you and you've seen you've probably even seen YouTube videos of where people come at you of unkind people and then people diffuse that by simply being kind in the moment. Yep. I it, 100% agree with this. Everything you said, I think would help people in the long run. And I'm not saying that we again, we're not saying that this easy. Right. And you're not going to do it all the time. Exactly. You know, they're going to push your buttons. There people are going to just you're going to fly off the handle. You're going <laughs> to flip out about the ketchup dispenser at, at McDonald's. Know that Move past it. It happens. Uh, just try yeah. to do better and accept that. Well, that was a that was that was not so good yeah. in that moment, and I'm going to do the next moment better. Better, right? There you go. It's that simple. I agree with you, and I think this goes right into the next one. And I, I, I surprised it made the list. I I do it from time to time, but. It just seems odd that it made the list. Um, it's letting someone cut ahead of you in line. I think this is old school when somebody has like a few items at the grocery store. It's like, yeah. oh, you only got a couple items. You go ahead of me. I got to tell you, I don't see it that much anymore. Well, I, I think we don't pay attention do. to what's going around, going That's on true. around us much anymore. And I think you can take than... it to the next level even for me. Like if you see somebody that has a disability or an injury or something like that, let, let them go ahead of you. I mean, I, it just, you right. know what I'm saying? Or it's age or any of those things. Whatever You know, it is. pet peeve for me that gets on this one, um, not that I'm in a city with a subway very often, but public transportation, mm-hmm. maybe this is old school on my part, but if you are a male and, and you're not over the age of 70, and if you are any, any sex, get up. Right. For the person that's standing up, the older person or whatever. I, oh, I hate that. I'll tell you what, if my kids didn't get up on a subway <laughs> when somebody, I don't even care if it's an old person, some a woman gets on, on the bus or something, I, I, I would be like smacking them on the side of the head or something. <laughs> get up, you know, be respectful, be nice, let them have the seat, right. especially if they're older. And I don't know how many times when I was in New York City, I saw that, that it was like, you know, somebody's 80 years old, barely holding on. And this 30-year-old kid, he's sitting there listening to his phone, right? right. Be, just get up and be nice. Be respectful. Yeah. Well, Talk and like me. the instance that I had was, and where I kind of take it from, is we were at a movie and the lady was coming down uh, from the top. Now, why she sat all the way up there, I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> but she came down and she had crutches. You can see she's trying to hurry down uh, the stairs because other people were behind her. The only thing I said was, Take as much time as you need because you don't need to injure yourself any further. So right. that diffuses the situation. Everybody behind me is like, well, yeah, that makes sense. So that's kind of like the way I take it is just be kind. If it's somebody that needs a little extra assistance, 
be there for them. Right, exactly. Help them. I mean, it, it, again, this all relates back together of just be nice, right? Absolutely. Just be nice. This is just a few of them from the Institute, and we're going to kind of go over the rest of them in another show. But these, I think, will get you a great start on how to live a simple life. Right, because I think that the rest of them are pretty important, too. I mean, granted, there's probably unlimited things. This is just a list that they came up with. But (laughs) it really is important, I think, that we talk about that we really just need to simplify things because we we so overcomplicate everything, I think, in the the world that we live in. Again, we're, we're going to come back, um, I don't know, sometime later and, and talk about the rest of them on this list. And uh, Again, it won't be surprising from... for people. These are all things that you've heard throughout your life. And again, we're not saying they're easy, but they right. are simple. So while you're thinking about all these things that we just kind of talked about, try to find ways to put them in action. You know, start sure. developing a skill set on them. Right. And these are just, you know, again, this is just some and this is just this list. You know, look, at, you know, think of your own life. Where, where are areas of your life that are very, very stressful? Mm, good point. And take a look at those. Sit down and take a look at them. How can you simplify that? Mm-hmm. How can you simplify those things, those relationships maybe, that are really complicated and get heated and are just causing you all kinds of problems, whether it be, you know, money or, you know, maybe some area is stressing you out more of money that you are living above your means. How, how can you get out from underneath right. that? What strategy can you take to simplify that to cause less stress in your life? What ways do you always come back to blame other people? Exactly. Right? Or a sp- specific person. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that somebody pushes your buttons more than the other. So how can you take a look at that and say, okay, I'm really going to do better. How can I simplify that relationship in my life? And, and look at your own life in retrospect and say, this is areas that I could improve and this is how I can improve them. And, and challenge yourself to, to look at those areas in your life. I think in the, one of the things that you just said, develop a strategy. Yeah. I mean, it, Well, recognize that that area right. of your life is causing you more stress than it needs to. Well, I guess, to. yes. Once you recognize yeah. it, but start to develop a strategy. Get some help. Find it on uh, the internet. Whatever you need to do. But strategy is the key to this. Is mm-hmm. That's what's going to develop that skill and make it better for you. So. Yep. Well, I tell you what, we're going to start working on the next show for the rest of the remainder of the list. These are going to be different for different people. Absolutely. So we're about out of time for this show, and we have some great news. Starting January 1st, 2022, you can find our show at livingonpurposepodcast.com or any of the podcast platforms like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search Living on Purpose Podcast and subscribe to the podcast or look us up on Facebook and give us a like. And let us know what you want to add to this new show. That's right. So live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.